This is Black in Session. I'm Dallas Rico. I am Devon. And we are back for another week. Uh, again, it is still Pride Month, so we're talking about some queer shit. That does not mean we will only talk about queer shit during Pride Month, but we're mostly talking about queer shit um, this month. Uh, yeah. Um, do you have any fun festivities for Pride? Uh, this year? Uh, yeah. Not necessarily. Um, yeah, no. I mean... It's weird because we're still in that in-between kind. I mean, it doesn't look like it on the outside world. Um, LA is um, like, it's over. Pandemic and real returning to normalcy kind of thing. And I know, like, I think NYC Pride is happening. Again, I don't know, and I don't know what it's supposed to even look like. Um, that is not something I think I'm interested in going to. Just and too close to the pandemic and, you know... Having a million vaccinated people in one place just makes me feel like the efficacy of the um, vaccine starts to dwindle. And that's um, very generous so, of you to think that a million people would be vaccinated. Oh, because that's the only way the system works, Dallas. And I refuse to believe anything else because mm -hmm. then I would have a nervous breakdown in it. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, I'm going to go visit my sister and her family um basically like the week right before it's supposed to be quote unquote like officially pride week um so i'll be out of town for that stretch time uh i don't really i don't know pride usually is weird for me because i always want to do something and i never really have anybody that wants to do something with me and the only big thing that i would like can convince people to go to is like the parade but even then i'm like i don't always want to go to the parade um so what why are you laughing? I got to tell you something off air that I just thought about. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you so badly. But anyway, um, I just. <laughs> Pull it together. <laughs> so, anyway, do you have any fun plans for um, I do. Queer Month? I do. And like, I just got to. There's a um, there's a picnic in the cemetery. Um, which I love. Hollywood Forever is a cemetery where a lot of famous people are buried and you can have picnics there. Not on, like I'm sure you're picturing like we're in front of tombstones. So there's a really grassy area where there are no tombstones, but like, yeah. I mean, I was legit just picturing like the opening scene of Buffy. I'm just, yeah. just okay. No, no. But it's, like in the daytime. It's in the front where there are no, there are no um, tombstones or whatever. We're not like on grave. They'd be desecrated by people who are maybe drunk or high. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Yeah, uh, they usually show films and stuff there, but they have a L.A. Pride um, this month. It's a picnic, and I was trying to figure out who to invite and, you know, thought about some people, some couples to invite. And, you know, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, yeah, uh, that's one thing. That's one thing. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. There's something else I think that's this month. I think I think uh, LA Pride got canceled, which I think which I think is a really responsible thing to do. Um, yeah, I think I heard that on one of my yeah, podcasts. I'm like, mentioned I'm, I'm glad they did that because I think if they kept LA Pride, it's it's kind of a saying that the pandemic is over, and I think that just sets a message. It's like, oh, just be out and do whatever, 
you know, even if you're vaccinated, I think, you know, having hundreds of thousands of people together, is not, we're not. There I mean, honey, yesterday, I think I was talking to you yesterday, like I was on my Instagram and everybody and their fucking mom was out in Brooklyn yesterday. And I was like, first of all, it's Sunday. Second of all, it was a thousand degrees in the city yesterday. And you would have thought that this was 2018, some type of freak Nick party happening in Brooklyn, like wild. So I can only imagine, and that's just like a subculture of people. I feel like I can only imagine what like a, you know, more, I hate to even, this is, sounds weird to say, but mainstream uh, event for, like pride would be. Well, I think, um, no, I think. I think Pride. We t I think we talked about last last week. Uh, Pride definitely feels like Cinco de Mayo now. It's like you see a lot of straight folks that just want to be around to like be a part of the festivities and drink. Like it's an excuse to get to go get drunk and party. And get weird. Yeah, it's like. Speaking of, this is like so. Uh, that's off topic, but I just thought as long it, as it's gay. It is gay. I thought. Um, Sam J show, which we could, I guess we could talk about that this month too. Pause with Sam J because she's a bisexual woman. And I like, I love her show on HBO Max. It's really interesting. You haven't, you're making faces. You didn't like it. You haven't, have you seen it? Oh, no, sorry. That's just my, I was, okay. no. No, but like, it's a very interesting format because all she does is really, her show just breaks format. It's, it's house, each episode is a house party and they're just having conversations. And some of those conversations will lead into a interview with somebody that's on topic to what she was talking about in the conversation. And so she actually got, um, she actually had a really great conversation with this, um, with this NFL, this uh, ex NFL player, Wiki Williams. And she got him to say that like one time when he was like in some country, he was like open, he's straight, but he, he was open to have his dick sucked by a gay guy. And he just realized he just was, you know, was open to experiencing something new, um, but he couldn't get hard. Like he just wasn't into it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was interested in that to me. It was interesting that he was even open to trying that. And Sam J was joking. It's like, well, if you're gonna, you know, I'm glad you said you did it in a gay club and not like, or like, you did it in a different country and not like just like in some random street somewhere, you know. I guess like Williams of Celebrity Big Brother season two fame. Oh my god! You know he almost won that season. Uh, but yes, um, but yeah, like he he was open to like doing that, and he didn't I get hurt. See that? But yeah, so I thought that was a very interesting that he was so open. Like for a straight man to be open about that experience, I thought was straight black man to be open about that experience. I found very. I will say as I. Just reference, I'm familiar with who he is, even though he's a football player. Um, he is very much not what I, you would consider typical. Like when you think of like a a black football player, whether they be retired or not, like he is not what you would think of in terms of his personality. Okay. Um, and he I did... also think he's married to a white woman, but don't quote me on that. There you go. He's not that that has life. anything to do with anything, but I'm not saying it. Does. He's fit, he's fit into that, but yeah. Um... He did talk about like how he felt pressured to be a certain way when he got into the NFL, and he didn't want to be that. So I thought that was, that's an interesting interview. But yeah, um, straight, huh? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ricky Williams, you're very much. I believe he's married and with yeah. children. Um, but anyway, to a woman. To a woman, yes. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Again, the fact that he was open to like this is a public TV show, and you're like a black man being like, "Yeah, I let a guy give me head, but I wasn't into it." Like, 
most black men would never even, you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole episode of Insecure, you know? Like, <laughs> so, it's a whole plot line in Insecure. It's a plot line, oh, yeah. Yeah, it um, multiple episodes, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, All right. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. So, Pose, this was the final episode after three seasons. I think this show, I really appreciate what this show has done to like trans visibility, to voguing, to ballroom culture. Because, like we said before, I, I don't think Legendary would have had a platform, which is a great, you know, HBO Max show, if it weren't for Pose. Pose made us familiar with ballroom culture. And then it was like, oh, here's another show about ballroom culture. Like, oh, okay, it's not like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I definitely appreciate what Ryan Murphy did. And I appreciate what he did for Steve Canals, his career, because he Steve Canals wasn't anybody. And Ryan Murphy liked his idea and was like, hey, let's make a show. And it really I listened to an interview on a podcast and he said it really was that simple. And I'm like, that's goals, man. Just network with the right white gang. God damn it. <laughs> it really is. It really oh, is. Had you not made that connection out? It really is. But well, I think to your point though, that's a lot. That says a lot about right. Like, see what you want about Ryan Murphy. What about his uh, army of franchise shows and whatnot? And they're they be good though. Like, he no, a lot of them are good. Nine one one. No, I I know I know that not everybody is for all of his work, but I will say that I've been a big fan of his. Versace, too young to be a fan of his. Versace, um, beautiful. Yeah, what the Versace oh, show? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I would say that more of his stuff is generally good than is not. I agree. Just that when it's not good, it's very much like, ugh, it's Ryan Murphy show. Um, but like Hollywood, I think at the moment I was like, this feels good. And now in retrospect, I'm like, that wasn't good. I would say he um, does. I think he does drama better than the court than like the kooky. Because I think it, it goes, sometimes it goes a little I too kooky. I disagree. You disagree. I think that he does black comedy, dark comedy extremely well, in my opinion, from having seen a variety of his work across different time periods of life. Um, the stuff that I, I've resonated with, with the most, and that could be my dark side of nature, um, has been his like dark comedian. Like, say what you want about Glee. I think Glee knew exactly what it was doing. Did it go off the rail? Yes. But I think that just happened because I feel like Fox recognized the money that they were able to make from, oh, we can just make money off of this music that already exists and just have somebody else sing it slightly differently. Fuck yeah, let's jam pack a bunch of songs in there. And then like, oh, let's just get the current song. But anyway, I think at a certain point, it became a money-making machine. Um, so the quality of the actual show you know, wouldn't do it. But I think if you really pay attention to like the comedic things about it, you know, they know what they're doing. Like, are there problematic things in Glee? Yes. Do I think they were fully intentional and not in like, a, I'm being obviously racist, but rather I'm being like satirically racist? Yeah. I mean, I think you see that in a lot of his other work. Now, Nipta, awesome, dramatic show. I 100% agree there. Got a little whatever off the rails towards the end. That's the thing with Ryan Murphy shows. When they last, which makes me think grateful for Pose also ending when it did because they tend to go off the rails the longer they last. Yeah, I think I think it's, he seems to get bored because I think he has so many shows because, you know, like he he follows each first season very closely and then I think he goes off to his next show and then it kind of like I think it just like 
kind of like the Shonda Rhimes model in a way. Like Shonda says that she throws everything she can at the season and she doesn't know what's going to happen next season. I think Ryan probably does the same thing. But then when he's gone, it's like, uh, we don't know what to do now. I think I, I love a politician. I know it went off the rails, but I, I still, it's, it's a fun idea. And I hope there's a season three. I don't know if it got renewed, but I love the politician and I will like die by that. I actually really enjoyed the second season more than the first one. I do think, um, I, I think they like roped it. Cause you know, the end of the first season, I'm like, oh my God, this is stupid. But like they roped it back in a little bit more. Yeah. I think the first season almost was almost great. And then there's just a couple things that just missed for me. If it stayed in the high school, it would have been great to me. Cause I enjoyed the mm-hmm. high school, but then when he graduated and all that, I was like, all right, that's too much. But anyway, we're talking about a different Ryan Murphy show here. Yes. Pose. Pose. But yes, as you were saying, Pose you see how white we talked, we started talking about the white shows, how whiteness just like, you know, we're trying to talk about something black and whiteness just takes over. I know. Ryan Murphy. But the reason why I think we're talking about Ryan Murphy is because he did a good thing in terms of using his own, like, power that he has, political power within the industry to, like, amplify a voice and voices of people that normally have wouldn't get an opportunity. Absolutely. Because um, I'm sure, like, there was a time when he was in the Steve, is it Canal panel? Canals, I think. Now, okay. Steve Canals, yeah. Either one of the things I said. Um he was probably he was in that position at one point and i mean i don't know his journey i haven't read that book but it's great to see and definitely agree with outposer is no legendary um and there's also like people that are on legendary that are on pose as well and it's interesting to see that absolutely that marriage of create was it creatives and creativity and now no i get that no for sure um so yeah, so I think I appreciate Pose for what it is. I just wish, you know, you talked about that dark dark humor in his other shows. I wish it did have some of that, like the politician, you know, glee or something. Because it just, there were episodes where it's like, okay, we get it. People are dying of HIV, you know, like it's sad, it's traumatic. I was like looking for some levity or some fun. And I think, especially this last season, it felt like they were trying to crunch so much in that we just started missing that fun. Like the, the episode to me that like made me check out was um, when Pray Tell went back home, it was just trauma, 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 trauma. I don't think there was a joyful moment in that episode, like a single moment where it was just like, let's just have a laugh, you know, or something. I think, um... I think that was not the purpose of the show. What? Uh, the, like, I don't think the show, to be honest, would have worked in a comedic. Well, no, it's not. I think all dramas, like, there is some, like, a, a character who's quirky or have an interesting point of view. Because for me, it's the good moments. What makes drama work is when you have good moments and then there's a tragedy. When it's bad moment, bad moment, bad moment, bad moment, it's not as effective anymore. Like, it, I got to a point where I was like, here we go. Somebody else is dying of HIV. Someone, you know, it just it loses its power after a while. But I also appreciate it because, like, that is that was and still continue to continues to be life. Obviously, we're in a much different place than it was. Spoiler alert: the series ends in, I believe, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and even in that time, even between 98 and now, right? I don't know how many years that is, but like a lot of years later, and even within the span of the sh- when the show started in season one to where it ends at the end of the third season, the like AIDS crisis is in a very different space. And I, I just think about how many stories about people, just A, people who um, have HIV slash AIDS, um, do we really get to see in the media have we seen in the media on all spectrums of like i have it but i'm alive i have it but i'm struggling i have it and i'm dead and i feel like we usually see like oh they have it and they're dead and not like as many oh i have it but i'm alive and like i'm living or like i'm fighting through or i had a bad year or a month or whatever and like now i'm back and i just appreciate the diversity of like there was i was reading an interview today like they have to read main characters that it were positive that we know of, I think. Um, and that's a big deal. It's like, how do you tell each of those stories differently? And it's like, yeah, being gay, being queer doesn't automatically mean quote unquote tragedy porn. But for a lot of people it is. And for, or if you think about that time period of where the world was, a lot of it was, you know, terrible. To say that it was all terrible. But I think to just sort of I appreciated that it did go very melodramatic because that was the reality and that's the story they chose to tell because that to me that's more real than having this sort of like false happy go lucky run like but that's not real that's not what's going on that wasn't happening i'm sure it existed for some people but i want real queer stories not just queer story you know no absolutely um yeah, that makes sense. I th- I still think there could be some, you know, like somebody with cancer, you know, they're going to be joyful moments. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like, I have cancer. I'm so sad. Like, there's going to be like a moment where like they laugh at something. I, I think, I think uh, honestly, what I think happened, particularly with this season is they filmed obviously mostly through, throughout COVID. And one of the big points of like levity for the show were the balls, the balls right? Yeah. When you go and that's when they're like a lot of the fun and sometimes dramatic moments yeah. would happen. But, you know, with all the like restrictions, they film in New York. So in New York just opened up like real for real for real, like a month ago. Um, so they can only do so much. And I think I saw Steve post something on social media yesterday saying how like they had to film a scene for last night's episode where it was supposed to be like a crowd of like hundreds of protesters, but you only had like 40 people and you had to make it look that way. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, that, that's tough. And COVID restrictions and everything. Yeah. And so you can only do so much. And I also think that the show just sort of has evolved away from the ball. I think the balls are, this is how we get people hooked. Like, look at this interesting world. Now let's learn about the people that are in that world. Now let's, let's do, who is Blanca? Who is Angel? And like, yes, they are part of the ball culture. And like, that brings us joy, gives us life. Yes, 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 trophies, national crown. But like, that's not all who they are. Yeah. And I feel like you really see that transition in the second season where there's like, they still go to the balls, but now you're sort of like, oh, Angel wants to be a model. And so you're seeing her like, get out there. Uh, uh, Ricky and... Um, boy who is no longer on show but was a main part of show damon um, damon yes damien damon damon i don't i think damon damon 
um, they were dancers, you know, which we'd always known about Damon from the beginning, but like you see them actually going into the world. So you just see little things like that. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Again, I appreciate I appreciate it for the representation and how I'm gonna created an opportunity for legendary and I'm wondering what else hopefully there'll be more shows like this. And, and it created a, a a what I would think is for the first time, I'm pretty sure, a space where we actually need more than just one trans person. And we actually need we actually want trans people we don't want drag queen number five to play a trans person which is if you watch spoiler alert you watch disclosure on netflix it's pretty good a lot of times back in the day and probably still to this day whenever they need casting call for a trans person it's like oh get that drag queen from drag race you know yeah um because yeah. that's the same thing when it's we know that especially now that that's not the same thing um and i think the show really provided to the point where i they had somewhere between like five to six like main trans women um on the show with varying with like, acting abilities with varying what acting abilities acting abilities or whatever and um complexion backgrounds visibilities you know just like different all women of color but like none of them, like all of them unique to themselves in their own experience. I think we appreciate that. And now they all have this platform of like, well, I have, I did this work, you know? So now I have doors open. I think I was texting you like the uh, India Moore who plays Angel. She's going to be in Escape the Room, apparent sequel that I didn't even know there was a first movie. Um, I walked out. I walked out. It was not great, but I'm happy for her. Um, I walked I, I had movie pass and I went to the theater to see Escape uh, Room, Escape the Room, Room Escape, whatever it is, and it was just, just bad. Just I could only watch like twenty, thirty minutes. It was just deplorable. But again, happy for her. But enough people watched it for them to warrant a sequel. So I mean, hello. Again, don't remember when the first one came out or who was in it. Well, I guess the lead. But anyway. But, uh, you know, so she's in that movie. I think she's also in one of those, like, was it Queen and Slim or something like that? I think she, she was. was in. And now MJ, who plays Blanca, is going to be, like, in a, I think, Apple TV show. Nice. And the uh, one who plays Andy's best friend, who I always feel gets, like, forgotten one. You know who I'm talking about. No idea. He's like, oh, my God. Okay. Uh, she's the one who this season got addicted to uh, crack. Wasn't that Angel? The one who got Angel addicted to crack. She gave her the thing. She always hung out with Candy. Remember Candy? Who died? I didn't finish season two, to be honest. I finished season one, didn't finish season two. I watched... Well, well, even within season one, it was always Candy and another girl. The other girl. Anyway, I'm so sorry, uh, people. But other girl, um, she, I believe, is also on another show, I think, um, called Good Trouble or something like that on Freeform. Um, I think she plays a trans person there, too. But just like seeing how like all those opportunities. And then Angelica Ross, who played Candy, has now you know transitioned into... Um, other uh, Ryan Murphy work, um, American Horror Story. 
so it's just seeing how all these women and just people, queer people, have these amazing opportunities now available to them that wouldn't have been that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had, you know, trans writers, trans, trans crew, trans actresses. Like, I think that was just a beautiful opportunity um, in a way that they weren't able to in, in previously, you know, just like for them to seek out people with those experiences for this show, I think is pretty awesome. And I do hope that there is, um, I hope there are more opportunities like that, especially now that many of them, you know, have experience acting, mm -hmm. writing, producing, like now they can go behind the project. Yeah, especially yeah. behind the scenes. Like yeah. I know someone that I met through the internet who is trans and they uh, worked as on production for Pose. Um, and just thinking about like how many, and hearing them describe how like the, just like the general like behind the scenes people because you always think about like what we see in front of us for diversity mm -hmm. but not necessarily what's behind the scenes diversity and that's such a big important thing because those are the people who actually tell the stories right yeah down to like the editing and the sound and all that um but it's just like you said though now these people have this opportunity of like well i've worked on this show like now i can work on I don't know, hopefully not, but CBS, you know, or something. Um, yeah. What, what would you say, what would you want to see to be like the next pose? It like pose is like this thing that just came these, these last two, three years. What would you think like the next pose be? Um, a show about a show about black men, like black male friendship that includes both the straight and gay perspective. And there's no like major like, oh, AIDS crisis or whatever. It's just them just in modern day living their lives. But it shows like, again, like a world we normally don't see. Usually, a lot of times, black men. Usually, you know, it's like a woman lead, and the black men are like love interests. Like, think about Insecure. Like, a lot of times, we don't get a whole perspective of Lawrence and them. You know what I mean? Like, they're hanging out and they're doing their thing, and it's their perspective. I'm ready for that, and for it to be, you know, gay and straight. Because I think it can lead to a lot of conversations. Cause, you know, we a lot of times we talk about black men in a negative way, like niggas and stuff like that. They ain't shit, you know, to straight women and to gay men, and so. To like hit on that, I think Upshaw's Upshaw's is a good start. I love Upshaw's, but can we include the gay perspective in that too? Right, maybe for season two. Who knows? I don't think I don't think that format is for is what I want. Like, no, oh yeah. no, no. Love my gaps. Which I found I don't think out. So. I found out they only filmed three episodes with a live audience, and then the rest were uh, during COVID. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So the rest, they had to just hold for laughs and they put in a laugh track. Which I feel like, isn't that just what everybody, I didn't even know that we were still doing live audiences, honestly. So that when you told me this whole story, I was like, girl, what? No, yeah. this is all like laugh tracks. Um, but that makes sense. Um, I think for me, I feel like kind of to like your point, the next big thing would be like something that posed it well, even though they kind of did have like a love story in there with like two characters who eventually get married. 
but it was just like about family and friendship. And I think to your point is like, we'll just see like a group of friends, you know, some of them are queer, some of them are not. And I feel like when you watch shows that do have gay characters, if there's like, if the lead is gay, right, then that means that all of his friends are gay and they will have like a straight female friend. Yeah. And then like, we see the straight world through like that person's yeah. And we don't see like a, a mix of like, oh, there's like two straights and three gays or three straights and two that are not romantically interested in each other. You know, I, I'd like to see a more, cause I'm, you know, in the real world, yes, there are many groups of friends who are very much like, all my friends are straight or all my friends are queer, but also like a lot of people have very mixed groups of friends where it's like, yeah, like half of us are queer and half of us are straight, but we all get along and we're not all just like girls. Um, and I'd love to see that. Um, and also like exploring more of like, complicated relationships, right? Like one thing that I wish Pose did better job at was really getting at, talking more about like Poppy, right? Like he ends up together with Angel, who's a trans woman and Poppy, we're supposed to just assume, I feel like they never explicitly tell us, but through context clues and things that we learn about him, he's just like a seemingly straight, hetero, cisgender man, um, but he's falling in love with a trans woman. And then Blanca in the season, she falls in love also with another, I believe, straight man. Um, and just like exploring a little bit more of like, what is that relationship like? and how, how is it complicated? Like for Blanca, it just kind of felt a little way too easy this season, but I understand they only had the one season. Um, and for Angel and Poppy, they already grew, started off as like friends with each other. So like, there's a lot of it that you kind of work by, but then I was just like, oh, Poppy's not gay. I'm confused. <laughs> um, right. Don't, did, didn't you think he was gay when the show first started? Yeah, like you just assumed because like- I thought he was gonna end up with like Damon or something. I was like, oh, like he's gay because she just met him at the balls and yeah. this, everyone here looks like okay. Um but I just like getting at the nuance of like like what's like what's Poppy thinking about his relationship, you know? Yeah. I mean like you get a little bits and pieces from her uh Blanca's boyfriend, but I'd like to see more uh exploration around that. Like these non traditional quote unquote relationships like a throuple like see a throuple even that out. yeah because yeah, like, that, that's curious. a real thing in the queer communities you know people being unicorns and whatnot and even the straight community but um i feel like socially we we, we assume that queer people are more likely yeah non-monogamous is that the term yeah polyamorous polyamorous yeah yeah i think i would have loved to have had pose when i was little oh absolutely um, like oh because while there were shows with gay people when I was younger, um, I'm sorry, with a gay person when I was younger, um, obviously they were all white. And I think the first like gay person of color that I can remember was with, on Six Feet Under when one of the lead, oh, the guy who plays Dexter, the, mm -hmm. the, the guy that's, he was gay on that show, Six Feet Under, and his eventual husband was a gay black man. I was like, oh, he's fine. Um, 
and then it just you know it took a while to just finally get like actual like brown queer people representation on other shows and whatnot but it would have been really cool to see and also just being exposed to even though i grew up in harlem which is where like pose basically takes place and like i mapped it out one time and i realized i grew up basically across the street where they would host the balls back in the 80s um but like that world was so like not i don't know if it was just wasn't happening at the time that i grew up or it was just so removed yeah um that i didn't know it existed so if i had the ability to see that on tv then i would have been like where is this i want to go find it yeah um and just thinking how to like i could have been a fucking legendary this like like i could have been you know doing dips and stands and floor work and all of that bitch because you could have saved you could have saved the house of tishi you could have been the one. They were like, you know what, Giovanni and Giovanni go out there. And we get into the House of Tishi's down. That was a rise and fall. That was. I've watched. You know, you know me and reality television for particularly competition shows. I watch a lot of them, but like, I don't think I remember seeing such a like. I don't want to call it a robbery because they should have been in the bottom. That I will not take away. Should they have been eliminated? I don't know. It's a, it's controversial. The girls were angry. I mean, um, they were angry on the show. That damn. <laughs> they were angry. Walked on the show. off. Yes. I've never seen Meg angry like that. Meg Stein was like, "This ain't a you you, you want that hundred thousand dollars? No, you don't. That ain't it." Like, but like you you saw it, and I felt like really it was only it was two, and I would actually just say one of the houses really did what needed to be done. Absolutely, like put the heart and soul out there it was like life or death that's the one where the guy was crying afterwards right he was just so emotional um, i think so yeah and i was just like well i mean they were the only one who you know they everybody had to do in like feature a different element of vogue and they were the only one who i saw the element of vogue being like highlighted and not having to plus a play a guessing yeah um which like but then like Look, we're having a conversation about the show thanks to the show Pose. Oh, exactly, because right? we it made us familiar with ballroom culture and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Exposed. And us. now these people, you know, these you know artists uh, can now have a platform to be whatever it is they want to be, well, whether it, it to be dancers, whether to be designers, whether to be just like influencers, whoever, whatever. I follow a couple of them, and they seem to be doing well for themselves. That answers your question, though. Obviously, ballroom culture was happening because it's happening now. You know what I mean? And they have like histories of these houses, so it was happening in the '90s. And a lot of these are in. New no, York. for sure. I just mean like I meant like literally in that physical space oh, location. Okay. I think it just like moved. Um, but yeah, and it's you know it's one of those things. You know, now if you walk the streets of Harlem like I do, you're just like, oh, there's a gay on every block. <laughs> but back in the you know early to mid '90s. Either you knew, either you were extremely flamboyant and you're like, oh, there goes that gay. Um, or it was very much like a hush-hush, you know, I'm I'm giving butch right now, but then when the clock at night, I'm giving yes. At the same time, at the same time, at the same time. What's that song? Butch or film? What what you know I'm talking you know what I'm talking about, damn it. I have no idea what you're doying. I'm gonna send it to you and I'm kind of upset because it sounds like something gay that I should know. You sent it you sent it to me. You sent it to me because it was the guy that we both loved in the first season of Legendary. And then he put out a video and it was like Butch or Film. Butch 
or film at the same time at the same time like he did like a look at me i look like trade and one and then he did a like showing his booty and then he did like a back and forth like at the same time at the same time was this the gorgeous coochie man yes well, I'm going to have to go on his Instagram yeah. later. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. But yeah, it's Butch or Femme. I think it's Femme. I don't know what the other word they say. Or Queen, something like that. It's probably that. But yeah. Or Butch Queen. No, you can say Femme. I, whatever. I mean, again, I'm not part of this world. What's um, I forgot what his name is. I'll find it. I'll find it later. But yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, again, we'll see what happens now that Pose is done. Steve Canals has a deal with Fox now, so he's going to bring the queerness to Fox. What the hell is he doing at Fox? They need black stuff. Do they need gay black stuff? I mean, yes. The answer is always yes, but, like, do they want gay black stuff? I guess so. Not to pigeonhole and say that he's only going to have to write gay black stuff. I mean, but you know... The industry pigeonholes you. Like it's his first show, Pose. So if they if they get a deal with him, they're expecting something like Pose for Fox. We want Pose, but like Oh wait, it makes sense. Bleached. Maybe one of them is gay and the rest of them are kind of just like girls. FX and Fox are the same company. FX is Fox without the O. Like it's 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 the same company. Are you making a joke or are you serious? I'm serious. FX is an off branch of Fox. Shut up. And so it makes sense. So, yeah. Side note, it was Jersey Day at school today, and I didn't wear a jersey, but here you are wearing a jersey. Look at that. Simpatico. Yeah, I wore this on my um, on my Zoom call. I was like, you know, this is TV, you know, popular TV show, trying to channel that energy. So, yeah. We got to talk offline about that, too. Yeah, um, yeah um, that's great for him that he has, I guess, a deal. You know, things are... I'll make fun of my gesticulation. I'm not, I'm not making fun of... This. It's a lot, okay? I speak with my hand. I'm Dominican. Um, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Oh, that's that's like uh, India's pose on the poster. You know the pose? You know oh, yeah. Like, I was like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, are you rolling your eyes? That's what you do. You be. So, yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? We're fighting. <laughs> um, I'm glad and I can't wait to see what Steve comes up with. Um, hopefully, it's just as good, if not better, than Pose. I would love to see all of the actors and actresses, you know, the great things i know that the guy who plays ricky is in another one of ryan murphy's production let me tell you about ryan murphy he likes you he you are in for like at least three projects like that guy in glee in multiple okay. projects yeah he won an emmy off uh versace he said i'm you were just like a guest for the second season and now you're my second lead and now you're my lead in this show yep. and i'm also putting you over here <laughs> um, he was also in hollywood right yeah damn and now he's like, I don't want to play gay keep, gay people. I don't want to take away, but it's really I'm tired of playing a gay guy. Well, he wasn't gay on Hollywood. He wasn't. I just no. Remember he had the he had a. Oh, I barely watched Hollywood. The black girl. The black girl was his wife. Ah. Uh, right. I think. I don't know, but Jeremy Pope was on that show, and oh my god. Mm. Mm. He plays Blanca's him. Yeah. 
That's the doctor guy? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. So what's your lesson? My lesson is just sort of referencing what I mentioned earlier about just thinking about like, had I had this show when I was a young little gay in the 90s, like how what different trajectory hopefully my life would be on. Not that I'm in a terrible space, but just thinking about how more, how different my teen years would probably have been. I think I would have done a lot more of like, oh, like there are other people out there. or There's like this world that I really want to like be a part of um, at an earlier stage of my life. Um, And just thinking of like all the younger kids, Gen Zers and whatever comes after Gen Zers that are able to now see this show and know that the show exists. Um, In the same way that people who grew up watching Queer as Folk, you know, that was like Queer as Folk, right? That was the pose. I don't know if you've ever watched Queer as Folk. That was like the pose of time period. And now we have like Pose, which does, I I would argue, similar work. Um, for an even broader uh, group of people, more marginalized group of people. Um, and just how important it is to have these stories and not just be like, a, oh, it's a silly game movie and look, there's one trans person here. No, it's like a fully fleshed out trans character and not just one, it's multiple. None of them are similar to each other. They're all different people. Even like the side guest characters or recurring trans characters you would have, they were all unique. You felt like, yeah, I know this person. Um, or that representation and quality representation has. Mm-hmm. The show told me, the show reinforced just how important community is for someone's survival. Just thinking about like, you know, the repression and suppression that that transgender people feel, but to be able to have this space where it's ballroom, where it's supportive and people are like with you, you know what I mean? And then also thinking about like Pray Tell's character and characters who have HIV, just knowing that they can lean on each other and they know what they're going through versus if they were just the one person and they like were in a white environment, white straight environment or a black straight environment, which could be really painful for queer folks. So just knowing that they have a place to go to where their people understand them, is, community is so important. And it's great to see that because I didn't know I didn't know about ballroom culture before this show. And so knowing that there is a place because to me, I think when I think about the pride and the gay flag, the gay gay pride and like the, the rainbow and all that, to me, I think queer spaces fail if black women, black trans women aren't comfortable. I think it's 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 a failure. You know what I mean? Because I think too many spaces in the in the queer community are geared towards cis white men, and if a black trans woman can't go there and feel comfortable, then I think it's not we're not representing that rainbow. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. That is so awkward. Um, <laughs> and I, it's actually funny that you mentioned that because um, in the series finale, one of the one of like the last. Um, speeches that Blanca gives is very much to your point of like she's talking to another trans woman who just finds out that she's HIV positive um, and she's just like it's sort of mirroring like Blanca's like opening scene or whatever her first scene when she finds out she's positive and like you see like how different it is and she's like and I found out X amount of years ago like I felt alone but like I went to this place this community that took mm-hmm. care of me 
And like, these are things I did and I see you doing the same, but come here, come with me and you can find like that community. And it's like that meta-ness, right? Like of what you're saying, like the show provides community, but even within the show, that community exists. I mean, no, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you had never seen Paris is Grounded? I still haven't seen it. Nope. <sighs> I've seen, I've seen clips, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, Dallas, come on. We have to watch it. All right. All right. All right. And what's, um, so what's our homework? Oh my God. I'm so excited to tell you guys your homework is, guess what? Yes, it's something else that's gay. But this time it's a little younger. Um, not to show younger. It's called Generations. It's on HBO Max. Um, is it also on HBO? Whatever. Everybody has HBO no, Max. No, it's on HBO Max. Um, and it is currently in like, it's like mid-season break, I guess you can say. It's doing that Netflix weird yeah. thing where they do like part one and then part two. It's all about um, money. It's all about money. Yeah. Hello. Uh, so part two is supposed to come out. We said like next week or something. Um, and part one aired a couple months ago now, right? Like, like I don't like, know when it ended. Maybe May, early May. But yeah. No, it had to be either. like. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Sometime in this calendar year, it aired for like eight episodes. Um, it's a fun half hour, half hour, half hour, um, basically teen show with a variety of different queer kids on the show. Sexuals, they got gays, they got lesbians, they've got a trans person on there too. Um, not a student, not that I don't think. Um, they've got Wait, the, there, the lesbian a, girl's mom, a sister. No, there's a, there's a, Oh, gender non-conforming. I don't know. Ooh. He's barely B. I think his name is B. Their name is B. It, he's barely. He's not in it that much. But like he's like he would rooftop with um. You'll see. He rooftops with uh Chester. They go on the. That's rooftop. the father. Spoiler alert. Uh, yes. that's the father of um. Yes, he's he's either trans or gender non-conforming. One or the other. How is it going to be trans? You know what? I'm not going to try and understand Gen Z, um, but you should. Uh, it's a really fun show. It's ta it talks a lot about queerness from like a younger perspective, which you know I'm 30, so it's very unrelatable to me, but still relatable in a certain way. Uh, I think it's just like a fun show, refreshing. Again, a show that I would have loved to have had when I was younger, um, especially since it takes place in a modern day setting. Um, and I believe almost everyone is a person of color, like two white. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, except the two white uh, siblings, but everybody else right. is uh, POC, which is awesome. Uh, even though my favorite character is the white girl. Of course it is. Of course. She's just so funny. But um, yeah, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk basically about the whole, sort of what we did about Pose Now, kind of like a holistic view conversation in preparation for part two. It comes out again, I believe, sometime next week. Yep. Any other thoughts or notes? or? No. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, again, I think it's what you were saying, like you were just talking about like if if uh, what would it be like to have had a show like this as a kid? And like these are 
these are kids specifically. It's like to know, like if I were a high school kid and I saw this, I'm like, oh, I can be gay and out and proud and happy. You know, fuck what my mom is saying. Fuck what my church is saying, you know? I mean, there's literally a teenager on Grindr. Can you imagine? First of all, I don't know if that's legal, but also, can you imagine? I mean, you know, there's so many that lie and be like, I'm I'm 21, a full-ass 16. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this gay-ass episode. There's many more to come. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Class is dismissed. Keep bouncing and behaving. Thank <laughs> you.